Hey guys, we are back for another episode of Skilly Queens. So I have a lot of random things to talk to you guys about today, which is good because it means I'm pretty much on theme for how every episode of Skilly Queens has been going because <laughs> it's very random, but I like it. And so the last episode, I had mentioned about wanting to dive into the Conjuring universe because we had talked about it and I thought I'd do a little more of a deep dive into it. So do you guys want to hear what I found? Yep. Okay. So there are nine movies total. Did you guys know there were nine? Have you seen all of them? Yeah, I think I have. Uh, So there's three Conjuring movies, three Annabelle movies, which is the doll, the nun, the Nun 2, The Curse of La Lorna, which I'm not familiar with that one at all. I think you guys talked about that one the last episode, right? I think that's like a yeah. Mexican lore. And there's two more movies coming, The Conjuring 4 and The Crooked Man. I thought the whole thing was interesting. It's like Marvel, but it's like, you know, scary movies. And I had misspoke because I had said I watched The Nun before. And apparently that was a lie. The Nun appeared in Conjuring Two or three? One of those Conjuring movies she appeared in. And that's what I was thinking of. Have you guys watched the Nun movies? Yeah, I have. I've watched one of them. The, no, they're scary. But I think what scares me the most is the score from those movies. Like the music just really scared the crap out of me. It's very much like a jumpy, like a jump scare. Yeah, because yeah. the Nun's kind of in the back and she comes down that hallway. But did you know that the Conjuring is also developing a TV series for HBO? No. Yeah, I seen it the other day or a couple weeks ago. One, one, one of them. But I want to say I could actually look it up. But it's gonna come out on HBO or HBO Max. I'm gonna have to look that up. But I want to say it was like gonna release in like 2024, 2025, and it's has all the same characters in it or the storyline. That'll be interesting. I always find movies really scary, but sometimes when they're in like miniseries, it's a little different. Oh, it says the release so. date is predicted to be around 2026. Oh, so that's a good two years out. Yeah. Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga might return as Ed and mm. Lorraine Warren. And it will continue. You mean Bob and Elaine? Yeah, Bob and Elaine. <laughs> Whoever. But <laughs> <laughs> it will continue the story from the feature films and potentially explore new cases faced by the Warrens and incorporating flashback sequences. But the details are yet to be revealed. Well, that's exciting. Uh, I also watched um, The Devil Made Me Do It. Did you see that on Netflix? I did. I watched that one. The Is the documentary type one? We started it, but I haven't finished it. There is that one. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. And then there's The Devil on Trial. Have you seen that one? Yes. Oh, no, that's the one we started. That's the documentary about the guy that pled um, insanity, right? It's the one that the first... Well, it's the... It's the story that The Conjuring is about. I guess the real-life family that... Okay, maybe I'm getting confused. I guess the real-life family that... He didn't plead insanity. I think he was just saying that he was under possession. Yeah. Yeah, and they had to like plead it in court that the reason he killed the guy was because he was possessed. And it's like it's the same thing that happens in The Conjuring movies. But there's like an older brother... Of the so, if you watch the Conjuring, I'm pretty sure it's in the first movie. The little boy is possessed, and then the neighbor kid or somebody in the family is like, "No, take me instead, like possess me." And so the it goes into him, and then he lives like a normal life for a couple years, and one day he just kind of flips out and kills his neighbor or the guy that he works with, like the dog 
kennel place. But the little boy that was possessed at the beginning of the movie, that was based off of a real... Well, I guess the whole thing is off of a real incident. But that little boy's brother talks about how he thought it was fake. But it shows rec- has recordings and it, has, and it shows like the little boy actually going through fits where they thought he was possessed. And that's why they called in Ed and Lorraine or Bob, whoever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's called The Devil on Trial um, on Netflix. You know, what's interesting is that the Warrens are like a legit couple. You know, it's interesting that there's people out there that are these like self-proclaimed demonologists and clairvoyants and and they made a living off helping people, I guess, who are dealing with stuff like this. So, I mean, that's always interesting. I believe in uh, there's a lot of stuff out there that we can't necessarily explain. I would imagine having people that are trying to help others deal with stuff that's unexplainable is, you know, I, I could imagine why they were, they were sought after. Do you guys believe in clairvoyance? Do you know what that is? No, that's a big word. What is it? It is the ability to gain information about an object, person, location, or physical event through extrasensory perception. So this is like mediums and tarot card readers and future predictors. Yeah. Do you believe in stuff like that? I do. Yeah. I mean, I feel sometimes like I have intuition. I think we all have intuition. But there's a difference in intuition and like saying that you're guided by spirits and you know there's i think intuition is logical but me being like a super realist i'm like mm, i don't know yeah but there's times that i'll like think of something or i'll think of somebody i haven't seen in a long time and then it's like boom it happens or i see you and i'm like man i haven't thought about you in 15 years and you cross my mind and here you are osh is a witch well and i tell people that and they yeah. they say that oh you're a psychic i was like i'm not a psychic i don't i'm not it's like anything like that it's just like and it's not all the time i'll just be like man what if this was to happen and it happens well that's scary because i have crazy thoughts because i'm like what if i fed on these stairs you know like stupid shit like that i don't think i'm psychic or i don't have any abilities whatsoever (laughs) she gotta put that disclaimer in there I'm not. Don't hit Osh up. <laughs> don't hit me up because I don't really know. I just be thinking I do. <laughs> it's weird. Well, I guess that was my thing. Like, what's the difference between like, you know, d- between that and like having like a gut feeling or sensing the vibes are off? I would say I have pretty strong intuition, but I don't have the same like premonitions like Osh does. That doesn't happen to me. I'm also a believer in if you think of things, and what is it called? You um, manifest. Yeah, because if you think about it and think of things could be or should be, they come to life. Like, I, I think that you can manifest things too, which according oh. to like the Bible, that's witchcraft. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I watch a lot of TikTok, I guess. That's where I do my research. Like you. We just lost our three listeners. Um, Sorry, guys. (laughs) Back to the country. I also wanted to talk about a movie I should mention when we talk about the vibes being off. I did want to talk about Love and the Great Smokies. From my understanding, Maggie did watch it. I could never find it. Well, 
I mean, I was doing other stuff while I watched it because it wasn't very interesting to me, but I did watch it in essence. Um, it's this really cheesy love movie about two archaeologists that f somehow find their way into the Great Smoky Mountains and fall in love while they're looking for bones. Anthropologist. Archaeologist? I don't know. What is it, Osh? Which one were they? Which one Would it be archaeologists? I don't know. I don't know what they were. They were... They were looking for bones. We know that. Yeah, they were. Probably an archaeologist, yeah. But there is some scenes that you recognize, so that's pretty cool. But other than that, that's kind of all I got. I wasn't impressed. Did, did, they, did they fall in love in the Smokies? Or were they already in love? They fell in love. They were old flames. And they met back up in the Smokies and fell in love, from my understanding. Look at that. They just came across each other in the Great Smoky Mountains. I've lived here my whole life. <laughs> In the movie, uh, she told us that the couple was looking for the Tana, correct? Um, the the jewel in its head. Yeah. Yeah. Did you mm -hmm. see the jewel, or did they show an Tana in that? No, it just talks about the legend, pretty much. Yeah, and they found the cave where it's hidden, but then they left it. They didn't go get it. Why did they leave it again? Because they didn't want to get possessed. It doesn't ever actually say. They just want. Oh. They just wanted to respect the. Cherokee people and I don't know they just left it maybe they got what they really wanted which was each other yeah that's pretty much what it was <laughs> uh, Maggie you're so deadpan it kills me and I'm just like oh love hearts rainbows and you're just like yeah <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I thought it was interesting that there was actually a movie and it mentioned the Utana I'm kind of bummed that we really didn't know more about it. Um, I don't think the movie was a good representation of the Uctana legend. It wasn't. I mean, it was a whole what did they movie. say? Do you remember? No. <laughs> I, I tried to watch it. I was messaging Maggie like, I can't find it. I, I mean, I went everywhere. I don't think it was, it, was, it was meant for me to watch it. You're not missing anything. Well, it feels like I am. Cause you got, now, you guys, now you guys have like this like, little special secret between you two, and I don't know anything about it. Well, then you better watch it. You couldn't find it anywhere? <laughs> no. I was texting Maggie like a mad woman because I was like, I can't find it here. And she was like, it's here. I know I watched it on Hulu. And I know I watched it on Hulu because I don't have any other TV service. <laughs> Did you talk to a Hallmark <laughs> channel? Yeah. I could not find it. I mean, I guess in the long run, it's okay. It's okay because it sounds like I didn't really miss much. So I wanted to um, talk to you guys about this legend that I found, which was really interesting. And um, the title of this episode is called The Nun, Hallmark Movies, and Legendary Earthquakes. It's very, very random. So I guess you're thinking, how the hell does an earthquake fit into all this? Well, it doesn't. Oh, this is on par. <laughs> so I just thought it was a really cool legend. And then the more I read about it, the more kind of ominous and scary it got. And I was like, well, I want to talk about this. So I'm not scared. I'm not sitting here scared by myself. Of course, I doubt Maggie to get scared, and Osh, you're pretty chill, so I, I guess I'll still be scared by myself. So it's called the Cascadia, and the information I'm about to tell you, I pulled from an article in the New Yorker, and it's called The Really Big One by Katherine Schultz. And I'll link it in the show notes, but it but it explained really well what's going on. Um, so I'm going to read some of it to you guys. And I'm sure you both are familiar with um, the San Andreas fault line. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and it runs nearly the length of California and has been rumored like forever to be on the verge of unleashing the big one. 
the big earthquake that's supposed to what like split off California from the rest of the U.S. Yeah. Every fault line has an upper limit to its potency, its determination by its length and width about how far it can actually slip. It says for the San Andreas, the upper limit is roughly about an 8.2 magnitude earthquake, which is still really, really devastating. But there's another fault line, like I just mentioned, the Cascadia subduction zone, and it runs for 700 miles off the coast of the Pacific Northwest, beginning near Cape Mendocino, California continuing along Oregon and Washington, and then it ends around Vancouver Island in Canada. Shashi, you might want to reread that last part, because I think you said Oregon instead of Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) What did I say? Oregon. (laughs) How do you say it? Oregon. What are you trying to say? The state of Oregon? When you said it, you said it fast, and it sounded like Oregon, like a body part. Oh, I think that's how I say it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay then just leave it <laughs> i will re or or oregon there's an e in there yeah oregon kind of yeah okay continuing along oregon okay that's better <laughs> <laughs> in washington and uh ending around vancouver island canada now Cascadia part of its name comes from the Cascade Range. It's a big chain of volcanic mountains that follows that same course a hundred or so miles inland. Like it's, it's really big. And the subduction zone part refers to a region of the planet where one tectonic plate is sliding underneath another. Um, Most of the time that movement is slow and harmless and pretty much undetectable. But when the borders of those tectonic plates meet, you can detect it. And so I had this little exercise plan. I don't know if you guys can actually do it because I don't see you. It has, it's like this really great way to explain it. So if you guys do it, if you're listening, take your hands and hold them palms down with your middle fingertips touching. With your middle what? Take your hands, hold them palms down where your middle fingers tips are touching. So oh, okay. your, your right hand represents the North American tectonic plate which bears on its back, among other things, our entire continent, you know. Your left hand represents an oceanic plate called the Juan de, Juan de Fuca, and this is where the Cascadia subduction zone is. So if you slide your left hand under your right one, that's exactly what the Juan de Fuca plate is doing. It's slipping steadily underneath North America. And so when you try it, your right hand slides up your left arm, and that is what North America it's not necessarily sliding up, it's stuck and it's wedged against this other plate. But that's where the Cascadia subduction zone is. It, uh, it's, it's, that, it's that wedge between those two plates. Well, that's concerning. The last known earthquake in the Cascadia subduction zone fault line occurred January 26, 1700 uh, at around 9.30 p.m. Ironically, this date is accurately known because the tsunami it generated was recorded by coastal residents in Japan. Now, we're talking off the coast of California. The tsunami that it generated hit Japan. And scientific research suggests this was a 9.0 magnitude earthquake. And so they're saying that if the Cascadia subduction zone, I don't know, what's the word? I don't know, goes off. Ruptures or? Ruptures, yeah. yeah. If If it generates an earthquake... It says that on average, a zone could produce a 9.0 or larger about every 400 to 600 years. Intervals have been as low as 200 years and as high as 1,000 years. So they're saying this Cascadia subduction zone is 
pretty much set to go off anytime now, which is very, very scary. So there is a legend I read. I'm tying it back to the Quillette people, which a side note, have you guys watched Twilight? Uh, yeah. These are, these are Jacob Black's people. Okay. Um, and I was super pumped about this little fact. I'm a traitor because I'm team Edward mm, all the way. Girl. Edward's a twinkly babe. I'm sorry. Jacob Black was just a whiner. Like he whined. I'm like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> You're supposed to be this like fierce indigenous man. Like I just don't. Edward's just not attractive to me. You have, you have, you like those, uh, white men. <laughs> All of Shashi's people that she's told me that are attractive, I'm like, mm, he's real white. <laughs> no, no, no. She gave me this. She gave me crap for the longest because I had the biggest crush on Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, could not see it. When I googled him, the picture that she, well, first of all, I didn't know who he was, and then I googled him, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> <laughs> she posted just the absolute worst picture of him on Facebook. And I was like, that was not a good picture. And you know it. You picked the worst one of him. Well, who is it? He's Loki from the Avengers. Yeah, I don't watch the Avengers. Well, you can't really see him in that movie that well either. because You'll have to Google him. But, you know, some people don't photo well, like me. Either way, Maggie <laughs> gave me crap about it for the longest. Listen, if you're a movie star, you should probably photo well. Like, he's a babe, but she's like, ew. Just saying. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so the Quillet tribe is located in Lapush, Washington. It's on the shores of the Pacific Ocean, and it's a tribe that has lived and hunted in this area for thousands of years. And when I read, the tribe now occupies only one square mile of designated land. What? Like, they don't have much land at all. And the legend goes uh, for their tribe is that there was a great flood. This was caused because there was a being called the Thunderbird. And the Thunderbird had a great battle with this ginormous whale. And the battle lasted a really, really long time. And for a long time, it was undecided who was winning. So the Thunderbird in the air could not beat the whale who was in the water. So the Thunderbird would swoop down and grab the whale with its giant talons and then try to carry the whale to its nest in the mountains. And when the whale would get away, it would fall into the water and create these big surges. And this would happen over and over again. And the noise that the Thunderbird made when he flapped his wings shook the mountains. This battle like stripped trees, it tore trees out of their roots, and it just went on and on continuously. So I thought that was just, you know, when we think about like our legends and our lore about how like the water spider brought fire to the Cherokee people and It's just interesting to think about how these different tribes have these same origin stories or stories to explain certain things. So if you're explaining like a giant earthquake and tsunamis, which is what this story seems like it's telling us, you know what I mean? From the flapping of the wings to the giant whale being tossed into the ocean and the waves and stuff. I just, I was really kind of taken away just kind of how our stories aren't similar, but the way we explain things in indigenous legends is. Well, indigenous people are historical storytellers. That's how we told our history to our, you know, to our people, to our children. It's kind of cool to see it in different tribes too. It really is. But when I was doing more reading, apparently the Quillette people are very, very sure this big magnitude earthquake is going to hit any time. They actually have a sign that's posted throughout their area in the land where they live that just says tsunami hazard zone they've been preparing to move 
They've been trying to move the school farther inland, farther up, because they're saying that if an earthquake that's predicted from the Cascadia subduction zone hits just off the coast, a tsunami would hit La Push within minutes. People wouldn't even have time to seek shelter. Um, and this is something they're actively working on right now. And they're having trouble because, you know, government funding and things like that is scarce. And they're having to like try and relocate for safety because they are positive that, you know, another earthquake, like the one that happened in the 1700s is going to hit again. Legend says it will. And at this point, science says it will too. So it's only just a matter of time. It's like they're predicting it, huh? Yeah. That's interesting. It really is. It's, it's scary. And it's scary when you have like these indigenous tribes, it's not, you know, and I don't think it's necessarily a thing of clairvoyancy or anything like that. Like we talked earlier, it's just, it's following the stories that they've been told and handed out in the legends and the way they see these legends, like coming to fruition over time. So like, you know, I grew up with my grandparents and we would go in the mountains all the time. And I don't ever remember hearing about the Utana like at school. We heard about Spearfinger or how the mountains were made and the fire story, like with the spider and stuff. I just remember we'd ride in the mountains and sometimes there'd be big mudslides and they would, you know, take off the whole mountainside or they would just come down just one, like just one down one spot on the mountain, not the whole mountainside. And my grandparents and my grandpa would talk about how that was a, the giant snake had made its way through. It got mad and it came down. And that's why there's that big, it was a rock, it was a mudslide basically. And I remember thinking that as a little kid that there's a big snake in the mountain somewhere. We were riding in the mountains one time when I was on the back of the truck. And I don't know how my grandpa knew. I don't know what happened or anything. I was just riding in the back of the truck and he had stopped. And it was normal for him to stop and get out and like get on the bank or down the bank to, you know, cut something or dig something, whatever. He said, he told me like, nay, any day. And I was like, huh? You know, and I looked off the back of the truck and there was this huge rock. I mean, it was, when I was little, but this rock was just massive. You know, it was huge, laying on the side of the bank. And he pulled that big old rock up, and there was a giant snake under that rock, just laying under it. And he pulled the rock up towards uh-huh. him, you know, to, like, keep keep him the rock between him and the snake. And I remember looking at that snake. I mean, it wasn't, like, as big as the legend says of the Uctana, but it was a pretty big snake. And I this was uh-huh. years and years ago, so I couldn't tell you how long it was or how big it was. I just remember... I was a little kid thinking, oh, my gosh, that's a giant snake. Like, it's true. <laughs> and um, but I don't know how he knew it was there. Maybe he, I don't because it, it was gigantic. And but I remember my grandpa talking about a big snake in the mountains. And when it would get mad, it would come flying down the mountainside. And that's why why the trees and all everything would be knocked out of the way. And it was mudslides. And he said that the the big snake oh. caused the mudslides, but he never called it the Ictana, from what I can remember. He never talked about, like, what we heard in the legends about the jewel and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's interesting, though, like, how things do happen and then they still tie to our legends. Yeah, yeah. And I I really enjoyed, like, when doing this research and seeing how other tribes have legends that tie into what's going on around them. It's just really cool to see how all of our tribes are just like connected in some way when it comes to explaining things that happen in nature or how things are created. We see we see like movies and stuff like what kind of movies are they called? They're called um, like apocalyptic. We see movies like that all the time. But this is something that could actually could happen should this fault line erupt or explode, whatever it is. 
listen, I got enough shit to worry about. I can't worry about the world exploding when I can't figure, I can't fix that. <laughs> See, that, that's, so, that's the difference between us because I lay up at night like, what if the Cascadia <laughs> fall explodes? <laughs> what are we going to do? I guess we'll lay here. <laughs> Maggie's like, uh. <laughs> I did watch another, I'm always on Netflix. Oh my gosh. I'm concerned at how much TV you watch, honestly. <laughs> so on Netflix, okay. it's called The Volcano Rescue from Wakari. And so it's mm-hmm. also like the Hawaiians have this legend about this volcano. And it's underground. And it's kind of the same thing. Like they know that it has erupted before. and They know it will erupt again. And all these people would pay to go out there and watch. Or I'm sorry, go visit the island that this volcano is on. They were all on it and it erupted. And they were all like on that island and people had passed away from it. And people got like burned from the steam because there was no lava that had come out. But when the um, volcano erupted, all that steam had come out and black smoke and it had burned their bodies just from the steam. And it was just like true accounts of uh, what happened that day. But it also has people on there talking about the, the legend they have of that the island and that volcano. It's pretty interesting. That's scary just from the steam. Yeah. Yeah, it's called the volcano. Did you watch Osh? Or not Osh. Maggie, did she step away? She stepped away because the baby stepped in. Yeah. All right. Since Maggie has briefly stepped out, uh, I'm going to go ahead and end here. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.